Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app. Make sure you download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content, not just the front line with Joe and Joe. Um, and if you like what we do, please follow Joe and I on social media. Primarily where you can find us is the Frontline TV on YouTube, the Frontline TV on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. Help us out. And today... We are very pleased and honored to be joined by Gene Zanetti, and we are going to be discussing spiritual strength. Joe Racinello, Joe Racinello, let me tell you something, Joe. You're going in, we're going into the breach. We're talking about spiritual strength. We're going to be talking about manhood, all the things that Gene writes in his book, and we're going to, we're going to have a great conversation here today. Uh, for those of you out there who are not familiar with Gene Zanetti, I want to give a quick bio. Uh, Gene owns Winning Mindset, a sport performance mental training program. He has two master's degrees in exercise science and sports psychology, and is a certified school psychologist. He was a nationally ranked Ivy League wrestler at the University of Pennsylvania after a strong reversion following the 33-day consecration to Jesus through Mary in 2015. He founded Spiritual Strength, conducts retreats, presentations, uh, they're an online apostolate spreading devotion to the three hearts and fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil. His book, Spiritual Strength, Building the Total Athlete for Christ, was reviewed and endorsed by Cardinal Burke and bears an imprimatur. He lives with his wife and son, with another son on the way, in New York City. Gene Zanetti, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe, brother. Thank you for having me. I really need to update my bio because that son was already born. He's two right now. <laughs> oh, it's all good. All and right. And, and, there, and there's another baby in the picture. So my daughter Gianna is uh, eight months. So three kids now. Oh, oh all wonderful. right. All right. That's wonderful. Good. Maybe no, it's providential. Know, Maybe another one is coming. <laughs> <laughs> if it's God's will. That's right. That's right. Uh, we always begin with the prayer, Gene. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin, a virgin's our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Before the interview, uh, Gene, Joe, and myself, we were talking. I was telling Gene, I saw his brother. I was at a wake in Western Jersey. His brother's a priest, and it was providential. I just crafted the outline, and I knew he had a brother, and, you know, I'm doing my research. I immediately recognized him. I'll be honest with you, Gene. I didn't tell you this. Your brother, very impressive, comes in. He's got the cassock on. I mean, like, to be truthful with you, I heard some guy in the wake, I swear. Your brother walked in. He was like, 
God's now in the room. God, God has come in the room, you know, like he was like impressive. And he invited people to confession. I went to confession. So did my mother. I thought it was great to be truthful with you. I, I mean, honest to God. I, and it was just refreshing to see a young priest. Um, to be honest with you, it was, you know, he did a great job. And, uh, and now we got you, and I'm sure, to be honest with you, you're cut from the same cloth. I'm very excited about this conversation. Um, I read also that you had a reversion back to the faith in 2015. Tell us about that. You know, um, I always am interested when people kind of take another look at the faith that they were born into. Yeah, my brothers and I, so myself, my brother Jeff, two years younger than me, and then Greg coming four years after Jeff, we were always very close, cradle Catholics. Our grandfather was very religious. My mom's dead. And he went to church every day. And he had all these, I just remember being, you know, always being at his at his house and seeing his big book collection. He had all these books on Padre Pio and the saints. And, uh, you know, just I said, why do you need so many books about religion? Aren't they saying the same thing? P.S. Now my, my library is like two or three times the size of his with that, with that. But we followed his footsteps. Anyway, we were altar boys growing up. We... But we, we kind of lived the faith more when it was convenient for us. I mean, we said grace after meals. We prayed when we woke up. We prayed when we went to sleep individually. Um, but it really, they really didn't sink deeply into our hearts, really. Or, or, you know, looking back, there was different points of grace where God was using us and everything, of course, as he always is. But it really changed for me in 2015 when Greg said he wanted to enter the seminary. So we had a girlfriend prior to that for about two years or so broke up with her after after um reading the diary of saint faustina and then he did the 33-day consecration to mary that's what pushed him over the top to enter the seminary to finally pull the trigger on applying to the seminary so he did and at that point i said well my brother's giving his life to god what am i doing right like on a scale of one to ten how important is the faith to me ten okay well how much am i living the faith probably about a two or a three, really only when it's convenient for me. So at that point, I said, okay, well, you know, what am I going to do about it, right? Our big part of our business with sports psychology is getting people to realize the contradictions that we have. You say your goal is very important. Well, why aren't you putting your whole heart and soul into it? You need to get more motivated, right? Well, same thing with us. Realized I needed to pick it up, uh, dove deeply into apologetics while simultaneously doing the 33-day consecration, came to a, a very logical and rational understanding that the Catholic faith is the truth. There's no other place to be if you have a very scientific, logical mind. And also just my heart being on fire for Our Lady doing that consecration. And then basically two months later, we started doing weekly spiritual strength calls on a conference line. And um, it also, then that's how the apostolate started. That's terrific. G. Zanetti is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello, and we are discussing spiritual strength. Gene, it strikes me. I mean, I had my journey. I moved away, you know, for 20 years of my life. I, again, same thing. In my in my mind, I was Catholic. You know, somewhere deep in there, I was Catholic. But I had to go out and be the prodigal son. Um, Joe came back to the faith earlier than me, um, it, it, early in his 20s, took me to the time I was in my late 30s, okay? Do you, you obviously speak to a lot of people, particularly men. Do you find that it's it's like sometimes many times amongst Catholic men growing up cradle Catholic, there's almost, it almost seems expected that at some point in your life, you're going to be the prodigal son. 
but then also that you're going to return. Do you find that at all? I, that's why, to me, the prodigal son is probably the most popular a parable that Jesus uh, that Jesus said, because it really cuts, it really strikes most of us because most of us take that journey. We say, Papa, I don't want you. Give me some money. I'm going to go out into the world. What, what, what's your view on that, Gene? You, you certainly hear that a lot of times with reversion stories, with, with cradle Catholics, like they, they set out to do it, but then they might have got further away and then they, they got back deeper into the faith later on. A lot of people, they don't really grow up with religion. I mean, I was very blessed. My parents were, you know, Catholic. They, you know, the, the faith was brought up at different times, like the importance of being a good Christian. Um, but, what you know, I think a lot of people don't necessarily have that as much. And again, having my grandfather, you know that the statistics that if you have, if, if your father is religious, you're eighty percent more likely to stay in the faith. Something like that. The mother is like only twenty percent. The father is like eighty percent. Well, my, my dad was, I would, I would consider him like extremely religious. He was a believer, but he wasn't deep in the faith. But I got that from my grandfather. So thankfully, I was very close with not only my dad but my two grandpas. So my grandpa, who was very deep in the faith, I, I always set that as, OK, well, that's the standard of what a man should do. It just for me personally, I, I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how that was going to come about. Because, again, like, like you said, going back to high school, college and then even beyond college, there's like this expectation of living more of this bachelor lifestyle and and enjoying the fruits of life and all this nonsense. And um, you get thrown off. A lot of times then you look at yourself and you say, is this really the person I set out to set out to be or that I want to be or that God wants me to be. It's, it's, it's different for different people. Right. The end is always, Joe Arsenello likes to say on the show at the front line with Joe and Joe, we come to the end of ourselves, Gene. You know what I mean? I like, as far as the journey is concerned. And then we, you know, when we, when we look up, God's right there, he's not very far away. He's actually following us into the depths uh, to, to, to bring us out of it. It's always to me to be very encouraging for the, for the prodigal son, he ended up feeding the pigs. Me, at 38 years old, I was on my mother's couch, sleeping on my mother's couch, you know, li living at home. Um, but you got to get to that, you know, you got to get to that point sometimes. Um, but I don't want to get too long-winded. Gene Zanetti's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing spiritual strength, Joe Resinello. Gene, I, I know <clears throat> Joe mentioned in the bio that you wrestled, and I, I think that's important because I think sports teaches us a lot of things. I, I, I didn't compete at the level that you did. I, I wasn't a wrestler, but I did participate in sports, and I learned things from that. Um, you got to practice. You know, you learn rain or shine. You got to get out there. You got to keep up with it. I think the spiritual life is like that. You see, you know, you have to feed your soul <clears throat> and you feed your soul through the sacraments and through prayer. And it has to be every day. You know, like like guys are focused on a lot of different things, but they're not focused on that. And that's the most important thing. And I read on your website, which I thought was really cool because it's very true. You said, whether or not you've ever played a sport, you are an athlete. Uh, talk about that, because to be honest with you, you learn stuff as, as an athlete. And, but all of us are athletes because we got to get that into that discipline, that rigor. And you learn that I'm sure as a wrestler. Right. I mean, Christ used parables. He taught stories, used metaphors, and St. Paul did as well, following in the master's footsteps. And St. Paul says, we're, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. He says, run the race so as to win the prize. He says, we're not shadow boxing. In other words, it's not a game. Right? We know on earth we're the church militant. So 
St. Paul, you know, throughout the Bible, you hear different, you hear militaristic terms, which is actually the better way of looking at it. But I guess St. Paul looking to looking to evangelize people, bring people in who are also just dedicated to sports and like athletics, as we see how big it is in our society. It's basically an idol now um, relating to people through that lens. So St. Paul says we're all wrestlers, whether or not you've ever wrestled in your life or ever played a sport in your life doesn't really make a difference. We are the church militant. So we're, we have to know that on this earth, we weren't built for this earth. We're, we're pilgrims on this earth. Even better still, we're exiles. Our homeland is heaven. So we need to know, like as a wrestler and now coaching wrestling in terms of psychology mindset, you need to know what you're fighting against. You need to know your opponent. And wrestling is just such an all-encompassing sport. So it's you got to make a weight class. You have to be in great physical conditioning. You have to be flexible. You have to be strong. You have to have great technique. You have to know what moves work, what moves don't work. So wrestling is just so so all encompassing, which really plays to the faith because your faith is your whole life. You got you got to live it. You know, a lot of people would say, um, "Well, keep God out of the bed, out of my bedroom," or, or I, you know, "I've God with, with you know my faith here." They compartmentalize their life. They almost live a schizophrenic existence. If he's the God of the universe, he's the God of everything. You can't take, it doesn't even make logical sense to take God out of anything. And as a wrestler, it's kind of the same thing. Everything you're doing, you're either moving closer to your goals or further away from your goals. And it's everything, the way you eat, the way you train, all of that. So I think that really helped. That really helped me understand the faith and knowing the opponent. Like, what are we up against? St. Paul tells us the world, the flesh, and the devil. So that means three opponents, and you better know how to defeat all of them. Otherwise, you could get beat. And then you have to ask that question where, did God give us the means to defeat this enemy? Of course, we know he did with the sacraments, the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church and the sacraments staying in the state of grace, that's baseline Catholicism. We all need that. But wrestling not against flesh and blood. Since 1917, Our Lady of Fatima, we're, that's even more true now than it's ever been before. Assuming that baseline of Catholicism and the sacraments and staying in the state of grace, stop offending God. We know Our Lady said in order to have the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we need to do five things. Our, our mnemonic device is Roman Catholic SOS. Rosary, consecration to Mary, brown scapular, we'll offer up our sufferings, and Saturdays, the first Saturday devotion. Well, if we don't know, that's our... That's our one shot. There's no plan B. If we do that, we get the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So you got to know who's your opponent and what's the weapon to defeat that opponent. And the faith just makes perfect sense like that. And a lot of people are just not looking at it from that perspective. And that's why they're having a hard time winning the battle. How could you win the battle if you don't know what the battle is or that you're even in a battle? I think that's a, that's a very important thing to say. A lot of people say, well, 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 I'm not in a battle. Yes, you are. You could deny, you could bury your head in the sand all you want, okay? Joe Rossinello loves to say on the show all the time, how's it going? Look out the window. You don't need polls. You don't need elections. Go look out the window. See how the world is going. See how our country is going. See how your own life is going, okay? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just want to mention, Gene, I was uh, Seton Hall Prep's worst wrestler in, 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 in the history of Seton Hall Prep, okay? I hold the dubious record of uh, on the JV level of having gotten pinned in 11 seconds by a kid from Columbia High School. Having said that, though, I wrestled for three years. I dove into it. I was terrible. I, I admit that freely, all right? Um, but I will say this. If I have any discipline in my life, OK, if I'm disciplined at all in any way, that three years of high school wrestling 
rigorous in the, the 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 room we used to practice in looked like hell it had red mats along the wall and red mats on the bottom it had no air whatsoever if dante was describing hell he could have described that room but all the hard work um even unconsciously later on in life that carried over um and we have to do that in the spiritual life if i'm succeeding at all in the spiritual life it's because i'm asking for god's grace doing the things that you describe doing the things that joe says on the show all the time staying close to the sacraments staying close to prayer praying novenas going to mass and doing the things doing the things that we're supposed to be doing now gene zanetti is joining us here at the front line with joe and joe and we're discussing spiritual strength so gene I want to ask you this. This is an apostolate that you have, okay? What is, tell our audience at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, what is the spiritual strength apostolate all about? Well, spiritual strength is all about using sports, exercise, and help as a vehicle to understanding the faith and growing in Christian perfection. That's really the best way to look at it. Spiritual strength, we know the importance of, of fitness and health. And a lot of people look at sports as being such a high priority. Well, are you a spiritual athlete? You are, but how are you doing? Right? So that's basically for us. We do keynote presentations, we do speeches. I got a, I'll be at St. John Vianney High School in Homedale, New Jersey this uh, Friday doing the freshman retreat. Next week for the Diocese of Trenton, I'm, I'm going to be doing a keynote presentation for Catholic Athletes for Christ uh, down in Freehold. So, and then we, we provide social media content on our youtube page spiritual strength catholic our, our instagram page spiritual strength catholic and then we have you know we have a facebook page and an instagram um twitter spiritual strength one they don't let you put the whole name in there so <laughs> yeah it, but the key is just getting that information out there and, and like i said for for us for me personally knowing with our apostolate how okay build athletes for christ will really be hard this past year especially with all the talk about Our Lady of Fatima, it's just how much we have to put that to the forefront of all of our apostolates because we have the weapon to defeat the enemy. It's going to be Our Lady who does it, but the faithful are going to merit the grace for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. And if we don't know that that's our weapon, think about a wrestling match. If I'm going against you and you're really good, but there's one move that you're very susceptible to, and I, I keep wrestling, I keep wrestling, I'm losing, I'm doing well, I'm doing poorly, Eventually, someone from the crowd yells, Gene, do the move. And then I do the move, and then I win. Well, right. if it's that simple, it basically comes down to, do we believe that Our Lady appeared at Fatima or not? If she, if she did, then she's telling us what to do. I have to pray the rosary every day, do the first five Saturdays, wear the brown scapular, offer up my sufferings, and, uh, and you know, wait, wait, mm -hmm. consecrate myself to Mary. Before, I looked at the consecration more as like an optional devotion. This isn't optional, according to Our Lady. She's saying this is a must. This is a spiritual imperative for victory. So I get it when you when you put it in terms of wrestling and winning a match. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Gene. Joe Racinello, where do you want to go? <clears throat> you said so much there. I mean, first thing I want to talk about is what you said. We are the church militant. We don't hear that enough. Well, we are. People don't like to hear that. It makes people uncomfortable. But that's what it is. And you talked about tools. And I also like your approach. I'm going to be honest with you. You take... Our Lady, at her word. Well, we should take the gospel at her word. It's that simple. It's really that simple. She says it, do it, do it. And and I don't think, like, I think we overcomplicate things, you know, sometimes. She said it, 
So do it. I, I mean, I always say we always joke about Forrest Gump, you know, in the movie. How'd you make that gun? Because you told me so, sir. Well, that's it. Our lady tells us we do it. You know, I've always said this, Gene, honestly, if everyone prayed the rosary every day, she's asked for that. Just that simple thing. 15 minutes a day. And if you're married, pray it with your wife. If you can get the kids to come in, it's hard. I know I have five kids. They're young, too. It's not easy. But if you can, you know, the world changes tomorrow. It changes tomorrow. Talk about taking Christ at his word. You know, like like we hear, you know, we go to mass and, and God challenges us, you know, with his word. But we just kind of walk out. You know what I mean? Like, talk about that. Because I think it's, sometimes it's, it's just that simple. Yeah, in, in my personal reversion, that was a big thing for me because I, of course, growing up cradle Catholic, but I got the sense of more like a picking and choosing. I believe the church with this. On the record, I would agree with the church with this, but in my heart, I feel like that's not true. I would think there's certain things I could agree with and disagree with. When I was studying apologetics, I, I learned where that really— Either the Holy Spirit is protecting the church from error or not. And we're not talking about just any one-time comment that a post or a pope or a bishop makes, but the traditional teachings of the church in an unbroken line from Christ to the apostles, the martyrs, the fathers, the doctors of the church, the theologians, in that whole unbroken line, the Holy Spirit is protecting the church from error. Either that statement is true or that statement's false. And if that statement's true, I can't pick and choose. I have to believe everything. It's an all or nothing proposition. So that's why it's important to get to that decision point. It's either you're in or you're not in. But to say, I, I believe this, but I'm not living that, then you know you're living hypocritically. So that was very important to me for people to really understand that that this is the truth. So I, that make a little bit of sense. There? No, it does. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'll be absolutely. honest with you. I agree with you. I came to I came to the same conclusion, but in a different way. My way doesn't work. My way doesn't work. I know that. So I trust the church. I mean, like, even like as a married man, you know, to be open to life. That's that's a tough, a tough one for a lot of Catholics. I mean, you grew up in New Jersey. I went to a million weddings in my life. A million, you know, like, like Catholic weddings. I can't tell you how many. Um, do people really believe that, you know, that you're supposed to be open to life? Um, how easy it is to to tune that one out. Because it requires deep sacrifice, deep. And, and, but here's the deal. If you do it God's way, he'll always take care of you. Exactly. That, exactly. We, we look at it. If God is all good, and if God loves me more than I know myself, and God knows everything, and I know how little I know, then it just it makes natural, it makes sense to surrender my intellect to him. Not, not surrender in the sense of where it doesn't make it, it all makes logical and rational sense. But in other words, there's something I can't understand. And this is what the problem a lot of people make. I don't understand this. Therefore, I'm going to go with my own gut instinct. No, no, I don't quite understand this. I'm going to do this God's way because he's a lot smarter than I am, even much smarter than my Ivy League professors. <laughs> right. So why would I not take God at his word? And if there's something I disagree with, I don't assume there's something wrong with the church. I assume there's something wrong with me. I what, agree with you. The, but that requires – but, Gene, that requires honesty. And that humility. Requires, and humility. Exactly. Honesty and humility, two things that I think are very lacking 
um, in, in our culture. Everybody wants to be their own God. So there's your pride. Okay. And everybody, and a lot of people, quite frankly, Gene Zanetti, they're lying to themselves, especially when it comes to this, the, the, the depraved culture that, that we live in. All right. Let's let, let me piggyback on that before the break to ask you a question. So obviously we, we America, Gene Zanetti joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, America is facing a crisis uh, of, of faith. Okay. Um, now you're a husband, you're a Catholic husband and a father. How do some people say, well, what am I supposed to do about it? Cause I'm not welcome in this culture. If I go out there and say I'm pro-life and I live in New Jersey or New York, people are going to look at me like I three, got three heads. Other Catholics, family members who are cradle Catholics. Okay. How do you, how do you go? What is, what is your advice there, Gene, when it comes to bringing our faith out into the world where quite frankly, it's just not very welcomed. I mean, first it starts, I mean, if, if someone is single, the, per, the person you're looking for should be someone of the Catholic faith. That's a very, very important thing that seems like, oh, well, is that discriminating or anything? Listen, there's nothing more important than, you, than getting your soul and the soul of your wife and your children to heaven. That's your job, right? That's your divine mandate as a husband and a father. So you better be looking for a Catholic wife so that, so that, so your children will be raised Catholic. Okay, that's that's a very very important thing. I so, agree with that. I I want to go on record hundred yeah, percent. I so I knew it's important to have to, to have shared values with 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 my wife, but I, I think I really changed once I, once I had my reversion. Then it really really sank in that I better start looking for a girl in, in different places than maybe a bar or a gym. I met my wife on Catholic Match, so we knew that we were compatible with the faith. Then it just came down to basically, do we, are we compatible with each other, temperament and, you know, interests and that kind of thing. But as far as our values, what's nice is there's an external system that we could look to. It's not just, oh, hey, it's, this is what I think versus this is what you think. And then, and then you argue it out. It's, no, no, it's you and I sitting on the same side of the table. What does the church teach? We're going to conform our family to this, right? And then even the, the, the importance of understanding the, the, the hierarchical structure that God created. God created the angels in a hierarchy. God created the church in a hierarchy. A marriage is a hierarchy. Of course, there's, there's love and respect. You're both equally dignified in, in God's eyes, the man and the woman, but there's different roles. The woman's the heart of the family. The man is the head of the family. That's a difficult thing for a lot of, uh, that's for a lot of people to swallow just because we've been, we've been um, you know, the, the Masonic, communistic, um, you know, toxic feminism that we've all been indoctrinated into think, but it's it's important that we understand that structure and that we're on the same page with our wife. So there's that, and then within the family, the practical things, of course, mass, prayers, sacramental life, and not just oh hey, I send my kid to Catholic school. My kids are too young for that right now, but um, not just oh hey, I send my kids to Catholic school or CCD. I, I check the box. No. You, you have to show your children by actions, right? Uh, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. That's like the common phrase, right? So they need to see mommy and daddy praying. They need to see that it's important to mommy and daddy, the children. They need to see that they're, they're on fire. And then also teaching them the faith. Don't just leave it to the school at home. That's the primary education of the, of the, of the child. So you have to talk about the faith. And nowadays, you have to really explain, well, this is what you're going to encounter in the world as they get older, not at a young age necessarily, but as they get older, you better be preparing them to deal with atheism, Protestantism, and all the paganism in the world. Because if you don't inoculate them to that and teach them how to respond to these things, they're going to get sucked into it. 
Yep. It's going to happen. And that's what happens, unfortunately, to a lot of very well-meaning but poorly catechized Catholics. They get pulled out of the church as they get older in high school and college. They ask questions that we have very good answers for the church that make perfect sense. But, you know, their Protestant friend gives them a better answer than maybe their parents were capable of because they didn't know the faith themselves. So Gene Kennedy joining us here at the front. No, 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 Gene, we hear you loud and clear, brother. Gene, we're going to take a break, but tell people uh, before the break. So where can they find out about more about you, your apostolate, follow you on social media, the whole nine yards? On YouTube, it's Spiritual Strength Catholic. Just search it. It's there for um, in, for Instagram. It's Spiritual Strength underscore Catholic. And on Twitter, it's Spiritual Strength one. Just, just Google us, Spiritual Strength Catholic. It should all pop up. Thank you for that, Gene Zanetti. This is a great conversation, Gene, and I always say in the show with Joe, in other words, it's a very important one. The thing I think more than anything our enemies fear, at least in America, is what we're doing here today. Three Catholic men going into the breach and saying, no, 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 you're wrong. The Catholic Church is right. You're wrong. And fighting in, a, in, you know, in the spiritual uh, level, uh, fighting for what it is we believe in, to defend our, our wives and our children and our families. We're going to take a quick break here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Stick around. Another great half hour with Gene Zanetti coming right up. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So... Let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Rosanello. We are way, way, way in the breach with Gene Zanetti, and we are discussing spiritual strength. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rosanello. Gene, um, in doing research for the interview, I saw this on your website. It caught my eye. I, I want to blow it out a little bit you say to be victorious we ultimately must be docile to the movements of the holy spirit pray for grace and become completely con consecrated to three hearts jesus mary and joseph let's first talk about the docility of the holy spirit huge huge i think this is an issue for guys guys don't want to be docile to anything don't tell me what to do don't tell me what to do we have to be docile to the spirit. And I struggle with this. Um, a nun told me this once, Joe, everything comes from the hand of God. That means bad stuff. Like he wills it. He, he lets it happen to accept when something doesn't go according to plan, to accept things, to be docile to the movements. Talk about that. And then I want to talk about the consecration to the three hearts. I think that's wonderful. But let's talk about being docile to the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and this is where the wrestling background really comes in, in my opinion, that the great thing about wrestling is you get truth. You get truth real quick. If I can't, if I can't defend a double leg takedown, that's going to get exposed. If I'm Because it's not a team sport. I mean, yeah, it's one team against the other team, but it's, when you're out there, it's just you and the other person. And, you know, wrestling at Boardwalk Hall, the New Jersey State Wrestling Tournament in Atlantic City. I mean, think about all the history there, all the Miss Americas, two WrestleManias, fake wrestling, um, <laughs> you know, professional wrestling. And then, and then there's also, you know, Mike Tyson, Mike, Michael Spinks, they fought there. It's There's, you know, 12,000 people watching you. You get exposed. Truth, and the truth is going to hurt. And, and so if you're not going to be successful in wrestling if you're not coachable. So there has to be docility. If you think you have all the answers, you need to start changing your questions. 
So that's that's one of the things that wrestling teaches you. And I think that 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 can be very well applied to the spiritual life that, you know, Christ said, thy will be done, not my will be. And and that would lead us into the Blessed Mother, because who did God's will better than Our Lady? No one. Their, their, their will is so identical. The Holy Spirit, Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you, you look at uh, demonic possession, where someone, where, where um, the, the devil moves and acts freely in a person's body. It would be accurate to say that Mary was possessed by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's there's no will there's out, out of Our Lady. Our Lady is like crystal. So she's the Lord shines perfectly through her. So that's that's why we have to be consecrated to Mary. Christ was consecrated to Mary. Nine months in the womb, in the womb, he was completely dependent on her, completely radical dependence on Our Lady, and we're called to imitate Christ. It says Christ was obedient to his parents. Okay, there it is. So Christ was obedient to Mary. We should be we should be obedient to Mary. Christ was a good Jew. He practiced the fourth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. So we would honor Mary. We would honor St. Joseph. And that's why anyone who anyone who would look at it, who would, who would look at our faith and say, oh, we're giving Mary too much credit. You can't give Mary more credit than Christ gave her, right? The, the, the saints say, of oh, Mary, never enough. There, there's never enough. So that's why, and I think hearing a lot of different things from Protestants growing up, I would tend to pull back my, no, she's the exterminatrix of all heresies. You can't have true ecumenical work done without putting Mary in her proper place, or you will fall into heresy. There's nothing wrong with not only saying the four Marian dogmas that currently exist, that she was mother of God, ever virgin, immaculately conceived, and that she was assumed, but even taking it all the way. She's the mediatrix of all graces. She is the co-redemptrix. She's our advocate. Say Maximilian Colby calls her the quasi-incarnation of the Holy Spirit, right? The, the, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, transubstantiated into the Holy Spirit. We, we just can't give Mary enough honor. And if we don't put Mary in her proper place, we're, like, we're very likely to fall into heresy. So we need to be totally consecrated to her, just as Christ was. All we're doing is we're imitating Christ. We're not doing anything on our own. I remember the first time I heard that, Gene Zanetti, when somebody said, I, I, it's a quote from, I'm butchering it, of course, uh, but was, don't worry about loving Mary too much. You can never love her more than Jesus, more than Jesus does. So there, there's no going overboard with Mary. When it bored, now again, some people, and it's happened in church history, uh, where, 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 it, where there, there was at one point, I forgot the name of the movement, early on, third century, uh, they were consecrating the Eucharist to Mary. The church stepped in and said, absolutely not. Okay, that's, and, and Mary would be the first one to tell you, don't worship me. But we have the, again, Gene, you said it right. We have the proper view of Our Lady, okay? And the funny thing is, you, know, you mentioned Protestants. You know, when you talk about, let's say, for argument's sake, Our Lady of Fatima, you have an easier time convincing an atheist about Our Lady of Fatima than you will a Protestant. They don't... With both, that, no, 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 actually, Mary did appear at Fatima um, and all the miracles that occurred there. Gene, let me... um. Let me ask you this. Um, American culture, uh, we have a twisted view in this culture. Okay. Uh, you're talking about sports. Joe and I, I don't know about you, Gene, but Joe and I basically have turned off our New York Jets, don't really watch them, haven't watched them now, aside from the fact that the Jets stink. Um, but the fact is, you know, with football, uh, with the wokeness, okay, 
Um, I don't use Gillette razors anymore. I'm trying, still shopping for razors. Okay. And again, it's my own little protest, but you know, it is what it is. We have a very twisted view in this country about what a man truly is and what a man strives to be. And unfortunately, we allow the other side to define manhood for us so that when you're an authentic man, somehow you're an animal. You're a gorilla dragging your knuckles on the ground, which is the opposite of the truth. I want your view on that, Gene. You're talking about spiritual strength. You're talking about uh, authentic masculinity. Uh, what do we do about that? What is the view of manhood right now in American culture? And what do we do about it? Yeah, and I, I think first thing, again, with with wrestling, a big principle there is we don't care what other people are doing. We're focusing on what we're doing, right? So what do we believe? In? And you could look at this when they study money. When they study money for counterfeit currency, how much time do you think they spend on studying fake money? When they're training people to spot counterfeit currency, how much time do you think they spend practicing on fake currency? None. None. They spend all their time studying real money. So instead of focusing on what other people are doing wrong, let's just focus on what the church is doing right. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, the church didn't start at Vatican II. There's documents before that are very, very clear that explain exactly what a man's role is, that explain exactly what a woman's role is, exactly what the children are supposed to be doing. Read Aquinas. Read St. Alphonsus. So we have to get back to the tradition. I mean, I, I buy a lot of old books. And just because it's an old book doesn't necessarily mean it's 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 without any kind of error. You're, you're more likely to see um, rock-solid tradition in there when, when, you're, when you're getting books before or like the 1960s, you still could have to be careful with some of the books, but you, you just look and it'll tell you, like, we know a man's role is to provide and protect for his family. Number one, spiritually, and number two, at a, at a temporal level, at a, at a, you know, at the earthly natural level, but spiritual protection and providing is the number one thing a husband needs to do. And then secondly, providing and protecting um, at the natural level. So we know that. We know the woman is supposed to serve her husband, of course, and we know the husband's supposed to love his his wife, and and a wise husband takes counsel from his wife because in many ways she's going to be better than. Look, the way you look at it is in the in the holy family, the holy family is perfect for society. You look you look at it like this: Jesus was objectively the greatest by order of infinity over both of them. He he was accountable though to Mary, who is who is infinitely less than him. Then you look at St. Joseph, who is infinitely less than Mary, and, and he's, still, he's still owed the highest above all the saints, proto-dulia, right? God is latria, wor worship, um, is hyper-dulia, St. Joseph is proto-dulia, then dulia is all the saints. That's why it's easy to do it in Latin, because you don't mix up the words, right? As long as you cross your T's and dot your I's, you're fine. As long as you're saying that Mary's not God and that she's a contingent being— you can't say enough after, as long as you have that understood, you can't say enough about, about her. So St. Joseph had the, had the authority in that house and Mary had authority over, over Christ. So it's understanding that just use the Holy family as a model. Well, and Gene, just keep going a little bit and saying what way I was going to ask you a little bit earlier. We mentioned the three hearts. Talk a little bit of, uh, briefly about St. Joseph, how we should be, um, aside from what you just said, but as far as commitment, as far as discipline as far as work in other words how how we can benefit tremendously not just by looking at saint joseph but also praying for his intercession he is the terror of demons patient of fathers and workers uh let me throw that out there to eugene zanetti right so our lady of fatima in her apparitions 
She said that we that we need must one of the five mandatory things that all Catholics must do in order to get the triumph of the Immaculate Heart is to be consecrated Immaculate Heart. So the question would be, which creature we know Christ isn't a creature, right? Which human being consecrated himself greatest to Mary? St. Joseph. It's not even close. If you want to look at what does consecration to Mary look like at a human level, you just look directly to St. Joseph. That consecration to Mary looks like. At, our, at the miracle of the sun, which was God's public and unequivocal vindication of the message of the seers of Fatima, 7,000 viewers, uh, witnesses. That was the largest recorded public miracle since the miracle, since the parting of the Red Sea in the Old Testament. St. Joseph, a lot of people don't realize this, St. Joseph appeared with Our Lady and the Christ child, and St. Joseph blessed the world. So at this, at the, the, Fatima, this this answer for our time, the end to the crisis. There's Saint Joseph right in the mix, blessing the world. He he was the authority in the household. So Mary and Jesus took orders from Saint Joseph by divine decree, because God willed it to be so. And again, who is who is more consecrated to Mary than Saint Joseph? No one. By an order of of, of infinity, the greatest person consecrated to Mary was Saint Joseph. I think it would benefit us tremendously, Gene Zanetti, that if we we should look look more uh, as Catholic men in general in America to Saint Joseph, along of course with you know you said the three hearts: Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Gene Zanetti's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We're way in the breach. Uh, Gene, you have a book also: Spiritual Strength Building the Total Athlete for Christ. Correct. Where where could folks buy that? You just get that on Amazon. Actually, we're doing. I'm doing a great series. I just filmed it this past Saturday with a ray of hope. So it's a wonderful apostolate video media. Um, Mario Costabile and his family. Yeah, yeah. He was on yeah. our show. Yeah, oh, love Mario. Yeah, he, he he only lives about ten minutes from me. But I just I just shot a video for him. It, this is one segment of our book. This is on you know the seven deadly sins. Saint Thomas called them the seven capital vices. This is one chapter of my book, Spiritual Strength: How to Defeat the seven capital vices with the opposite virtue. And, and it's all based on spiritual strength. So there's a, there's a warm up, which includes the litany of humility because humility underlies all the virtues. Then there's, and it, you know, shows videos of me warming up. Then there's the exercise, which shows me weight training. And for that, it's, I'll, I give some practical exercises to build the counter virtue of one of the seven capital vices. And then at the end, a stretch. So there's some video of, my, of myself stretching along with the meditation from the mystical city of God by Mary Agreta, who is a mystic. Our Lady revealed to, to her a lot about the hidden life of, of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, as, as well as how Mary was perfect in all of her virtues. A lot of people don't realize this, but the first, there's, it's a four-volume series, The Mystical City of God by Mary Agreta. Uh, the first book, it's almost a, a tutorial or, a, or an instructional on what each one of the virtues look like and how they possess them perfectly. So every one of our spiritual stretches, that corresponds with the meditation from Mystical City of God. So with a ray of hope, that's going to be coming out probably October, November. We're real excited for it. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Gene Zanetti's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. Joe Racinello, 
Where do you want to go? I want to talk a little bit about like the twisted sense of masculinity also in the culture. Uh, and, and this is basically kind of piggybacking on a lot of things you said, Gene. I mean, clearly a man, you mentioned this, the, if the man is the domestic pre, uh, he's the priest in the household that, and because the, the household is the domestic church, 80%, there's an 80% likelihood that the children will continue in the faith. That begins with prayer. A man must be prayerful. Everything, everything is grounded in prayer. It's like, like basically like, you know, in the middle of the Antarctic, you see ice in the ocean. Well, underneath the ice that's sticking out of the ocean, it goes deep. And that's prayer. We have to be men of prayer. If we don't do that, we're not going to do anything, anything. I want to first say that. But secondly, we have to be present. Talk about this because I think it's easy to get caught up. I do. And I have to remind myself, including, I mean, I have a job and I do this, um, you know, not, you know, it takes up time. I have to be present in my house, you know, like my family, my wife, you know, a lot of times men think like, I just got to go make, make money. Well, I do. Yes, but I got to be in the house and they have to see how I live, which also comes from prayer. The fruits of my behavior come from prayer. I have to be act. I have to act like a Christian in my house when I screw up. And I do often, Gene, I'm going to tell you right now, I always make it a point to apologize to my kids, hug them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry um, if, if I do something wrong or say something mean. Um, talk about that because that is not how the culture paints a man, but that's what a true man is. That's a man after St. Joseph. I think that's who we have to be. Yeah. That's why we need to model ourselves after St. Joseph and the saints. That's what it comes down to. We have to get our head out of time. We have to get our head out of what's going on right now. And that's the beautiful thing about the saints. The church shows us these are the people to emulate, right? The goal, the goal is heaven. That's what, that's what we need to know. So Okay, how do we get there? Well, we emulate these great men who've made it to heaven. So we know that. We know we have to keep it in the forefront of our mind that the man's job is to provide and protect the family, number one, spiritually, and number two, at a natural level. And then this is, this is the one go around. For, for when I think about my children now, my son is, my son, Gene, this is the only time in life he'll ever be three, three and a half, whatever it is. My, my other son, Joseph, this is the only time he'll ever be two. Gianna, this is the only time she'll be eight or nine months right? We don't get to do that again. So whatever good or bad I bring to the table now, they're going to, they're going to carry that baggage. They're going to carry those blessings or those curses, you know, bro, you know, using that loose terminology, they're going to, they're going to take the good and the bad, and that's going to become part of who they are. So basically look at it. I mean, don't beat yourself up. None of us, like we're none, none of us are perfect. I make mistakes all the time, but at least you're trying your best to be there. And and, and it's beautiful because even again, we, we could, we could grow the business, our apostolate, and that's great and everything. But ultimately my, my job, my divine mandate isn't so much on the apostolate. I'm going to be judged on, are my, are my children, did I get my children to heaven? Or at least I can't control that. Did I do everything on my part to put them in the position to want to choose heaven? And I have a quote from St. John Chrysostom. I can't find the source. I'd love if, if one of the viewers could show us. But basically, I have the picture up in my room where it says, Fathers, will, will you not be held responsible for, for the salvation of all those in your family? Um, are you not likely to give a strict account for, for everyone under your authority? Something to that effect. It scares the heck out of me, I'll tell you the truth. 
because then I look at it and I say, hey, Gene, you, be you better be good. You better be good because this is what you're going to be judged on, not the successfulness of the business or the, um, or the apostolate. So it's funny you say yeah. that because I've said this to my wife. Um, you know, we're trying to make ends meet, do all things you got to do. But I've said this I said, if we don't succeed in this marriage and raising these kids, we don't succeed in anything. Exactly. Like nothing matters other than that. All those other things are second. This is the important thing. This house, us succeeding to get each other to heaven and raise this family. You know, if all those other things, like if this radio show disappears, I lose my job. I have to get another type of job. Whatever. What's important is my marriage. That's my primary vocation, my devotion to my wife and my children. If that devotion is broken or collapses due to my ridiculousness, whatever that ridiculousness is, that's on me. And that's right. where God is going to say, that's you, Joe. And all the other stuff doesn't mean a darn thing. Well, let me that's let important. me throw. Go ahead, Gene. Go ahead. I said that that's a very important point because we spoke about the authority structure of the house and we said that by God's um, divine decree, the father is the head of the household, the, the husband is the head of his wife. Well, that's nothing to, to you know be all excited about. Whoever's in the position of authority, they're behind us in the jackpot. God's going to look if, if mar the marriage fails, God's coming after me before he comes after my wife. He's going to say, what did you do? So as the, as the, as the husband and as the father, that ought to scare people. This is why none of the people wanted to be the, the, the bishops and the, as the church was older. No one wanted to be a bishop because they knew they were much more accountable. A priest, a bishop, the pope, they're way more accountable than most people, right? Whoever is given much, much is expected. So if you're given authority to be the head of your household, you're the one who's going to be judged harsher. So it's, it's on us as men. Gene Zanetti is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Gene, your apostolate is spiritual strength. That's what you guys are talking about. You have to be strong for your family. Now, people can have a distorted view of strength also, okay? We're weak. We're fallen human beings. I like to break it to everybody out there, okay? The Catholic Church teaches we are fallen creatures. We have concupiscence. We are weak no matter how strong you think you are. You mentioned earlier, Gene, a few minutes ago, underlying all the virtues is humility, Okay. I think one of the, if not the greatest act of humility that you could that you could perform, is giving Christ your sins. But that requires you to be honest, you know, when you walk into the special and to and to to acknowledge your sinfulness and your shortcomings, give them the give them over to Christ, so that He gives you the grace that you need, so that you'll have to do the things you're talking about, Gene Zanetti. I want you to expand on that a little bit. The need for men to understand. Saying you're sorry to Jesus Christ and offering him your sins, that's a manly thing to do. Talk about that, Gene, please. Oh, yeah. I mean, just read the book, Humility of Heart, if you want a good, hold, a good um, cold heart slap in the face, that, that we, we need to be humble. That underlies all the virtues, just pride. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas didn't did not include pride as one of the seven capital vices, as one of the seven deadly sins, even though you see that on a lot of the modern lists. Vainglory was what he had in place of pride, which is similar, but not quite the same thing. And the reason why is because pride underlies all of them. 
at the at the root of all the seven capital vices, there's pride. Just like it under all the virtues, there's there's got to be humility. So that's big. I mean, Christ said, "Learn from me, for I'm meek and humble of heart." It's a direct command from our Lord. We knew I have all of our ladies' virtues. You see this in the mystical city of God, but not just in the mystics, just our Catholic tradition. Our Lady's greatest virtue was her humility. So that's. I mean, it's it's paramount. You need that. You're not going to get that. If you improve your humility, the, the other virtues are going to go up. Humility is a tough one. It's a slippery slope. The moment you think you're humble, you know for sure you're not humble. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, so it's, That's kind of your buddy how that works. Yeah. So it's it's a difficult one. So how do you so I get so the question then becomes, how do you know for sure if you're humble? And the answer is you don't. So, so that means you need to work on it your entire life. It's, well, I'll tell uh, you, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I, I'll just, you know, to share what helps me is I go to confession regularly. Um, I'm not saying that to brag, but that makes me humble because it's embarrassing. So, you know, like when you do something wrong and you have to admit it and you say it, that keeps me humble. It's humbling. And I think, and I want to piggyback that thought into something else. I mean, it's very refreshing to talk to someone like yourself. We talk to a lot of people. You're a gifted person. It's very obvious. Your brother is a gifted person. And it's good to see because, you know, people have these stereotypes of Catholics. You know, no, th this is not like I didn't have to do this. I want to do this because God gave me gifts and I want to share them. But we talked about the enemy. We've talked about church militant. We've talked about gifts. What does God want the most from us? He wants our sin. You see, like he wants our sin. Like, I think we can get lost sometimes in the stuff that we do. I'll speak for myself. You know what I mean? Like you could get lost. God wants my sin. And if you give that to him, you will be humble and you will, to be honest with you, bear the fruit of Christ. Talk about that. I think that's vital. Yeah, I look I look at it again in, ter in terms of wrestling that, you know, your prayers merit nothing when you're in the state of mortal sin. We're spiritually dead. A lot of people don't realize that. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where nowadays people don't like you talk about the state of the world. A lot of times people don't like to talk about that. It's like, no, you're good. I'm good. We're all good. If you have that attitude, that doesn't get people excited. No one wants to join that team. Right. The reason why people get on fire for the faith is because someone preached to them the crusade. You're on a crusade. This is like we need you. The team needs you. That's exciting. When you hear a lot of people, they're afraid to say, well, you know, there's the timeless traditional teaching of the church there is no salvation outside of the church now that needs to be understood in the catholic sense right people can be saved by virtue of the church but we know we don't have we don't have a reasonable hope that you're not saved if you're not look at noah's ark either you're on the ship or you're not on the ship now god could do whatever he wants but you know you're, you're in a much better place if you're on the ship so that gets people excited that's what gets people why do i want to be a catholic well because there's no salvation outside of the church what God's going to do for individual souls, that's subjective, and that's God's business. I can't control that. The mandate is I have to be in the church, or I don't have reasonable hope that I'm saved. That's what gets Gene, people to want to act. Gene, we only have a couple minutes left. Thank you for that, Gene Zanetti, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing spiritual strength. Gene, in the last couple minutes, I want to get American for a second, okay? Um, and uh, American Catholic. But let's talk as American men for a second. You can't bring your religion into the public square. 
You keep that inside your house. You can believe whatever you want. Not that they even believe that. But you can't bring it into the public square. That's not legitimate. I want Gene Zanetti's response to that. It's not my religion. I didn't found the church. This no, the but church. you know what I you know what I, I mean know, when they say that you got to keep it in, keep it in well, your house. Well, first thing I got to be clear with that. I, right. First thing I need to know in my head what the truth is. So first thing when they say don't bring your religion, I have to know internally, even if I don't say this out loud. This is not my religion. I didn't invent this religion. I, didn't, I have nothing to do with this. God said this is what you have to do. I'm just following that. So first, I need to be clear with that. Um, next, as far as if if they said you can't put your if you, you I can't put my religion on other people. Is that where you at? Was that yeah, like basically. Well, you know like when say, they say instance, like you got you you have to keep you, you have to keep your religion comp compartmentalized. You can't bring it into the public square, particularly if you're Catholic. Okay, um, like what what how do you how do you act or respond? My, What's that? Yeah, like, like don't bring that. Like, in other words, well, like, basically, like, say your yeah, belief like say, in like, marriage, your belief like, in abortion, like yeah, you something. Can't. Yeah, you can, where they're saying you can't legislate morality. Yeah, and, and all the different ways they try to they try like, to ostracize like, us. Don't don't try to use your morality. Well, they're they're using their morality. <laughs> they're using their morality to, for legislation. In fact, what do you legislate other than morality? I don't know what what do you actually legislate other than morality. So right. when they say that. Right. And then also and then moreover, if you want to take it a step further, and this is why just basic philosophy and basic logic is important. You know, there's it if you're 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 determining what's what's good and what's bad for people. If you don't believe in God, you don't even have an objective criteria for good or bad. You have majority rules. It's okay. You're 51% today, and then tomorrow is the 51% shift the other day. Did the truth change? Did morality change? No. So they don't have an, a, an objective moral standard that's external to the opinions of us. Right. Right. So, so I mean, you just need to know that that when when they say that, it's like, well, that that doesn't even make sense, right? And, and we know that God is inseparable from everything. He's the, He's the master of the universe. That's why the the social reign of Christ the King, which is always taught by the Church, that's what we should be aiming for. That's what we want. Gene, we're we're going to have to leave it there, brother. It is radio, and we're coming up at the end of the show. We want to thank you so much. Gene Zanetti joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Fabulous discussion. The apostolate is spiritual strength. Gene, one more time, give people uh, where they can find you on social media. On Instagram, it's spiritualstrand1. On Instagram, that, that was Twitter. On Instagram, it's spiritualstrength underscore Catholic. And on YouTube, it's spiritualstrengthcatholic. Just type it in, we'll pop right up there. Awesome. Gene Zanetti, you're welcome on this show anytime, brother. Yeah. This is a fabulous, fabulous, important conversation, too. So God bless you and what you're doing there with your apostolate spiritual strength. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ave Maria. Absolutely. And we want to thank you all out there for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app, share it with your friends, follow Joe and I on social media, the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff, help us out. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.